Okay, are we rolling? Yep, we are. Don't hit that car. Right, okay, so solo podcast number three. Another solo outing. As I've realised, I love the sound of my own voice. Um, I am driving back from work. I'm hands-free. I have my microphone attached to my hoodie. So if anybody's a police officer and they feel like being a smart-ass... I'm not driving whilst using my phone. Right. So, I will warn you. I am driving. If you have any type of burst of outbreak in swearing or Tourette's, it's just me swearing at the people on the road, not at you. So there's nothing to be alarmed about. Um, And basically, it's overcoming one of my biggest pet peeves in life, which is traffic. I'm not a fan of rush hour traffic. It's now 20 to 7 in Manchester city centre so we'll see how things go right today's podcast is going to be about intermittent fasting Uh, I had somebody ask me about it today and they said how I'd done a podcast on it I've been meaning to do one on it Um, I was looking to find a guest I've been working on um, getting a, a man called Dr Walter Longo on the show he's currently pied me off and not responding to my emails, but with a little bit of persistence, hopefully I can get him on the show. He is the world's leading researcher into something called a fasting mimicking diet and using fasting to prolong longevity and reduce aging, which is my specialty. So, where do we start with intermittent fasting? Well, I did an article on this on my website, which you're more than welcome to read, um, this our podcast is just going to be a longer version of that with me talking a bit more anecdotally. Um, check that podcast, uh, check that article out, and you'll get a load, a load of written information. I'm basically going to go through that with some just some experience of it, a little bit more detail today. So, intermittent fasting, what is it? Well, it is basically not going without food, um, which is you know goes without saying, and it's a very very useful tool in your toolbox as a trainer. It is not applicable for everyone, and it is not something that, um, even though it, you know it does work, uh, it's not something you want to um, use lightly because there are a huge amount of different factors that you want to take into consideration. So, first things first, let's um, call up some things which may be unclear: is that if you have thought about intermittent fasting as a fat loss tool, it is not a fat loss tool. Okay, so I'll reiterate that. Intermittent fasting is not a fat loss tool, which may sound weird or may sound wrong or contraindicating things because you're not eating food. Uh, So clearly you think, right, less food equals more weight gain. But in the research that I read regarding intermittent fasting, um, the only effect um, in the control groups or the different groups um, was the calorie deficient group. So what I mean by that is that the study I read when I did, uh, was researching on it and looking into articles is that having uh, intermittent fasting had no impact on weight loss in a, control, in a group, um, in, sorry, in the research groups when calories were uh, at baseline, so when they were not in a deficit. So what does that mean? Well, it means that if, you, if your BMR is calculated at a rough calculation at 2,000 calories per day, if you were to intermittent fast for 12, anywhere from 12, 16, 20 hours and still eat 
2,000 calories a day, it would not really have much of an impact on body weight. Now there is a huge difference between body weight and body composition. Getting to the body composition side of things, uh, I'll, go, I'll go into that a little bit later on. But let's just clear things up for anybody who's a general population you're thinking. Now, intermittent fasting is a fad, 100%. 100% fad and uh, it's something that you may hear in like in the beauty magazines or on the news or you know with 5-2 diets and things like that and it can be abused when in the wrong hands so if you're somebody whose nutritional knowledge is relatively limited not poor but limited you know you, you hear about things you want to try new things and you've maybe not seen that greater results or your consistency is poor you may come across like oh intermittent fasting that sounds interesting is that for me well, I'm going to tell you straight away it's not because unless you have consistently stuck to macronutrient guidelines, a calorie amount and a protein target for one to three years and you've seen decent results and decent returns with that, you don't need to look for any alternative interior methods. So whether it's keto, paleo, 5-2 diet, intermittent fasting, whichever one it is, you don't need to do that. You just need to be consistent with your food, which is very, very important. So it's more, um, fasting can be very, very good for health. And I will reiterate many, 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 many times, there's a massive difference between health and weight or hypertrophy or fat loss. So why is intermittent fasting good for health? Well, really, this is something. This is the way I describe um, the digestive system in, um, in a seminar. So let's just say that you've, you're gonna do a leg session. And the leg session is 10 sets of 10 back squats, five sets of 15 leg extensions, five sets of 20 hack squats, and then a set of 100 uh, on a leg press to finish. Now, that sounds horrendous, and if you're not into the uh, fitness industry, it doesn't really take a genius to figure out that that is uh, pretty high volume, and you're not going to be walking for a few days after that. So you've absolutely pounded your legs. Now, what if I was to say to you, right, you have to do that. After doing that session, you gave it everything. You gave it absolutely everything you've got, and now you have to do it again. So you've done that on a, um, you've done it on a Monday, and sorry, some cards just being a fucking retard in front of me. Uh, you've done it in a Monday, and now you're going to do it on Tuesday. I, oh, that sounds pretty tough. Right, we're going to do it on Wednesday, and then you're going to do it on Thursday. And you're going to do this every single day. You're going to think, well, my legs are going to be pretty battered by the end of the week. So this is what happens with our digestive system when we don't take care of it, and. When we completely and we completely batter it with, you know, high sugary foods, with high fat foods, with high, um, da, 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 um, sorry, with high volumes of meat. You know, not saying it's particularly bad for us. It's not. But if you're not taking care of your digestive system, then it's going to take its toll eventually. Your digestive system is like, whoa, okay, can you just please give me a rest? And basically, what intermittent fasting is like a rest day for your digestive system. So if you have the intentions of putting a high volume of food through through your digestive tract, then it's um, it's probably a good idea that you go maybe one day, two days, where you just prolong. Uh, the amount of time in between meals or you maybe do like a 12 hour fast and it's, it's as simple as that is is that you you have your last meal at maybe seven o'clock or eight o'clock in the evening and then you don't eat again until um, seven o'clock the next morning and that's that's just a very very basic example of just giving your digestive system a rest 
Now, in Dr. Walter Longo's um, research, he was talking about how, and I, I do not know the scientific names, so I'm going to embarrass myself by saying it, but he's saying that every cell in your body has this circadian rhythm. So a circadian rhythm is your hormonal rhythm, which uh, basically helps you uh, wake up in the morning, go to sleep at night. And in a nutshell, it's to do with cortisol, uh, which is a kind of, let's say, quote-unquote, I don't like using the word, but it's a stress hormone. It is, but um, stress is a very vague term. So this hormone is high in the morning and then gradually decreases in the evening. And uh, that nice peak and then at 12 o'clock comes down gradually so we can go to sleep in a nice way. Uh, I do not know the exact mechanisms. I can't remember what it was said in this podcast when I was listening to it. But long and short of it is that the um, that, that every cell in your body has this kind of receptor or sense of time. Now, not concept of time that's in 24-7, but it knows when um, it's light and it knows when it's dark. And it's saying that the digestive system functions best um, at times where it is light which kind of makes sense from an evolutionary point of view because it's very, very unlikely that the um, cave man or Neanderthal man would go out foraging for food or go out hunting during the evening. And you've got to look at time spans as how long have we been civilised versus how long have we been... um, how long have we been more like an animal, basically, so like a caveman. Now, I don't believe caveman bullshit. You know, people who say, oh, you know, we're supposed to, you know, just eat paleolithic foods and no i think we've evolved a little bit significantly and i think the rate at which we evolve and the rate at which we change and the way we we um, are as a species is rapidly you know rapidly evolving from saying that we should live live like cavemen but long of short of it it does make sense for our body to have like a rhythm where it works in certain things at an optimal time and then it changes uh, to different mechanisms at certain times of the day but basically in a nutshell digestive system really isn't supposed to work overnight so the biggest thing that intermittent fasting can do or a version of intermittent fasting it can aid people who um, have poor sleep and i think that's one of the massively overlooked benefits of fasting is that when you get it right it can it can really improve hormonal rhythms and improve sleeping patterns because what happens if you eat a big a large meal before bed You've then got to be in a. You've then you've got a lot of digesting to do, and I think that's when, uh, from personal experience, you can get a spike in blood sugar. Um, sorry, I'm coming up to a tricky roundabout. Dun, 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 dun. You can get a spike in blood sugar. You usually wake up about one to two hours later. That's my personal experience. You know, it, the, there was a big fad a few years ago, which was a carb backloading thing, and people going, "You should eat carbs at night. Help you sleep." Yeah, that kind of works, but you can also um, have some poor responses and then mess up your sleeping patterns. Um, so before we go into some mechanisms of how you know intermittent fasting can technically work, one thing that I would love to stress, and I am a huge advocate of this, is never overlook the basic some basic principles of how you know the basics work. And what I mean by that is there is absolutely nothing wrong with eating three times a day with sensible gaps in between the meals so a perfect day and this is actually how i eat uh, from time to time well pretty much all the time is i'll first meal of the day will be at eight o'clock um, second meal will be post training which is probably anywhere between one and two o'clock and third meal will be at seven o'clock you know it's a calorie based meal three times a day with times of rest and digest so i have an hour's gap at eight o'clock where i'll eat my food and then i'll let half an hour to digest it 
then I'll have uh, about an hour post-workout where I'll eat my food and digest it. Eat at seven o'clock, eight o'clock, and then have an hour pre-bed while I'm digesting. And um, this in its sense is like a mini version of intermittent fasting. It's where people, the whole notion of, you know, eating frequently to keep your metabolism going is absolute horseshit. You know, if um, it is down to the individual really whether meal frequency and preferencing, but I think this six meals a day thing is fantastic for bodybuilders with perfect lifestyles and regimes, but you've got to respect the digestive system. It doesn't want to be continuously pounded and pounded and pounded away with um, with food. So another concept, which is where I get to, again, sound smarter than I actually am, is something called autophagy. Now, it, the research from Dr. Longo has been saying that uh, intermittent fasting has been shown to improve autophagy in mice, and there are some human studies which he's probably having a look into, which I'm not sure. Autophagy is the clearance of dead cells so um, overnight, so any kind of bad cells or any kind of um, free radicals or any cancerous cells, potentially cancerous cells, um, are starved and killed through uh, a process called autophagy, where the cell kills itself, which is promoted by fasting. So think of intermittent fasting as a way that you could clear out all the shit in your body um, in a sensible manner. So there's, there's a massive benefit for it. Can it, it. can it impact general health? Well, yes, it can, actually. There's a lot of research going into that is the health benefits behind fasting. So you think, you know, by the use of uh, going without food is like pressing the reset button in your body. Now, another theory is that it improves growth hormone production. My uh, knowledge on this, fucking hell, I had to break quick then. Uh, my knowledge of, of this is, well, I haven't read that many studies. The human studies are always a little bit skeptical because you're looking at one hormone um, you know, in comparison to others. So, for example, does it improve growth hormone? It may do. Does it suppress testosterone? It might do. Well, that's a double negative because you might have got one positive or one negative. But my, I'm not an endocrinologist and I haven't read the research, but there is a theory about it does improve growth hormone. So improving growth hormone is good because you have maintenance of muscle mass and an increase in lipolysis. Does intermittent fasting improve lipolysis? Yes, I would say so in individuals with high levels of muscle mass. Lipolysis is basically fat burning and you have to be in the right environment. Muscle mass has to be pretty much, um, you know, at a decent level. Um, but decent level is, again, it's a flip, it's a very vague remark, but you want someone who's got a good weight training background. A lot of people um, I follow in the industry who've been training for 20 years plus, who have solid, dense muscle built from strength training, are advocates of intermittent fasting because they see the benefits that they can use through going periods without food, uh, sorry, long periods without food, whilst being able to maintain muscle and switch their body to a state where they are using fat as energy. The hormonal environment that you are in um, is very, very, very useful. And you can put yourself in an, a theoretically um, very, very advantageous position uh, where intermittent fasting can be amazing for burning fat. So, you know, I am going to go into this because it does work and it is a very, very useful method. But please, 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 if you, you know, if you haven't given being in a calorie deficit a go or you haven't been consistent with your nutrition, do not use these supplements and do not use this protocol because it's not for you. You need to get used to consistency and a good relationship with food, which I'll go into later. But 
Right, so if you look at something when uh, you go long periods without food, you're going to get to a stage where your body has utilised all the fat, uh, all the carbs in the bloodstream. So it's going to use the um, liver glycogen up, it's going to use blood sugar up, and then it's going to have to go to a different energy source. Now, if you're quite a lean individual, I personally believe that you're going to hold on to more muscle because you've got better um, androgen uh, output, you've got better hormonal balance. If you've got a lot of muscle mass, I personally believe, and I may be wrong, that you're going to really favour as fat for fuel rather than muscle. Muscle to be used as fuel is a very, very um, extreme uh, extreme cases. It's very rare that I think that muscle would start to be broken down unless there's a real uh, adrenal insufficiency and someone is completely burnt out. They'll, they'll, um, they'll hold on to uh, fat as best as they can as a survival mechanism. They may start to favor muscle, but that's a very, that's extreme cases of in, adrenal in, um, insufficiency. But so you can use supplements and something that I use well and I spoke, um, spoke about this in a previous um, podcast I think it was episode number 45 off the top of my head with Callum Raystrick is that um, when I was doing the photo shoot in back in um, December uh, what I was finding is that when I was on 1600 calories a day on my rest days I was struggling when I ate early because what was happening was is that that, that first meal a day was stimulating the digestive system I was digesting it and then about maybe three to four hours later I was hungry again and this is really 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 unpleasant and it's when my blood sugar levels started to get really erratic and my mood was uh, getting affected um, because I was basically I'd had 600 calories right by 12 o'clock I've got a thousand calories left right that's a bit it's not very good right, after 12 o'clock right and I've got 500 calories left right I'll have my evening meal and I remember one Saturday I remember having like making myself tacos well what was supposed to be like a taco which was like a lettuce leaf cucumber and then capers like, just because I wanted something to eat so I was literally just wanted that sensation of eating but I had to have zero calorie food which is really not what I'd ever want to put someone through because yeah it's all well and good to go oh I'm fucking ripped look at me if you're going through an unpleasant experience with you with your family and you're irritable during the weekend that's uh, that's that's shit who the fuck wants to have a six-pack if you're a miserable cunt really think about this why would you put your happiness in front of looking good for other people um but anyway moving on so what i was finding is is that when i intermittent fasted i was able to um go through the hunger pangs that usually were worst about eight or nine o'clock and when i say hunger pangs it was like wow i'm really hungry like my stomach hurts but once that phase was over I, uh, I suddenly realised that I was actually really able to, uh, that my appetite was completely suppressed. And when I say completely, it's just like it wasn't there. So something that I think works worked quite well for me, and it's just me, in me um, personally, was having a lot of water. So I'd have about two litres of water. So you're pissing like a racehorse, your body's well hydrated, you're feeling quite good because of that, you get through the hunger pangs, and then you get into this stage where food no, no longer becomes um, kind of a thought or an issue, and you're in a pretty good environment. Now, looking from a hormonal perspective, when this is the case, you now have a, a case where your carb, the carbs in your body have been depleted, you've gone into a different energy source, you've got a decent level of muscle mass, and now your body's going to break down um, stored, stored fat for energy. So in theory, we are now in a fat-burning, quote-unquote, fat-burning mode. But the thing that made my overall fat loss in this situation, and I must stress, was the fact that it was on 1,600 calories. Intermittent fasting was just a tool that amplified the fat loss effects from being in a calorie deficit. So let's, if this is completely arbitrary, completely out of the blue, this is not mathematical science. 
but say um, the amount of fat that I could lose per day was a pound. Um, I reckon that the intermittent fasting might increase that by, you know, maybe 10, 20%. So I might lose 1.2 pounds of fat due to the fact that I fasted on top of being a deficit. Long and short of it is deficit that was achieving the fat loss, it was just amplified by the intermittent fasting. It was more so a tool that enabled me not to feel hungry and to enjoy evening meals with a lot more freedom. So what I was doing is I was fasting till about mid-afternoon and then I could have a full roast dinner with macros worked out, I'd weigh the potatoes, I'd weigh the chicken, I'd think about, you know, the gravy would be a little bit liberal, I suppose, uh, vegetables, and then I could have like porridge after. And I'd have a really big meal and I'd enjoy it and I'd be with my family and I wouldn't have to kind of restrict myself or sit there with a Tupperware of chicken and broccoli while everybody's eating. Because never overlook it's not fucking hardcore to exclude yourself from your family so you look better anyone who does that I'm really sorry but I disagree with this I think that you know excluding yourself uh, from family meals or social events just to look a certain way is necessary at times you know if you're getting on stage and you maybe if you're getting ready for a comp you know you don't have to eat pizza while other people you can stick to your diet but really doing it to extreme level where you think that you're superior to people because you're hardcore it's not you know look through the wood through the trees at the end of the day in 20 years time you're going to look back at your memories of your family and not fucking what you look like on stage with a bunch of people who are just trying to look better than you anyway i gotta stop these rounds where was I? Right, so what supplements did I use? So we're in a theoretical fat loss state, which has been amplified by the fact that there's no carbs in the system, the glucagon is going to be piercing out, and uh, I'm in, well, basically increasing my activity. So what I would do is wake up, have lots of water. Now, there is a supplement which is very efficient for, very uh, theoretically efficient for fat loss, which is called Yohimbine, or Yohimbin, if you're Callum. Uh, it's got an E, so I personally believe it's Yohimbine, but I'm going to listen to him because he's smarter than me. So, Yo Himbin, what is it? Well, it's an alpha 2 antagonist, alpha 2 uh, receptor antagonist, which is a really uh, fancy way of saying, well, what is a fancy way of saying it? It basically blocks a particular receptor from working. So, the analogy that I would, I, I would use for this, and it's um, say you've got a room and there's a light switch. The light switch turns the light on, shock horror, and if you press it again, it turns the light switch off. So if I was to turn the light on, that is quote unquote fat burning mode, or a hormonal state or a receptor state in the fat cell that promotes fat loss. It's technically it doesn't because it just stops you from storing fat, but anyway, that's another story. So for, for the layman's terms, you have a light switch, and when the light is on, it, turned, it means that you have, um, you're in, again, quote-unquote fat loss. When you switch the light off, you are no longer burning fat and you are now either storing fat or using a different energy source, i.e. glucose, as energy. What Yohimbin does is that it would be like me turning the light on and then getting a box and welding it over the light switch so you know how long how had access to it until um, whilst the light is on. So if you try to get to the light switch, you can't because there's been a box that's been welded over the light switch, which means there's no way to switch the light off. So you are in a um, theoretical mode where you can't then go into a fat storage um, state. So you can't store fat no longer. I think that was correct English, I don't know. So because you now cannot store fat anymore, it's promoting, it's furtherly promoting fat being used. 
So you're accentuating the fact that you're now losing, um, the fact that you are now burning fat for fuel. So then if you increase your energy rate, but keeping it in an oxidative zone, because fat is oxidized, um, it's aerobic mechanism. Um, so basically, if you're in 60 to 70%, i.e. walking or doing something at a low uh, rate, so you don't want to go into an anaerobic, uh, anaerobic response, which is about, uh, you know, whatever, heart rate, just do something freaking hard. Prowler sprints, even though it would be in theory, would be good. I personally feel that less or low intensity, steady state, whatever the fuck it is, um, is better. So you're in an oxidative, using, uh, sorry, aerobic cardio, fantastic we're burning we, we've increased the re, uh, requirement for our body to use energy we have shut off the mechanisms that, uh, that stop us from storing fat now if you add a third mixture uh, which is a stimulant as simple as caffeine you have a very very potent cocktail for fat loss because uh, basically you increase your um, catecholamines which is just that uh, you increase stress quote unquote stress hormones stress hormones go up you break down the fat uh, in the adipose tissue which means your free fatty acids are going uh, around the bloodstream and then um, they can be used for energy so so far we have intermittent fasting which means there is no fuel in the body so your body has to break it down existing fuel we have added in yohimbin which is an alpha 2 receptor antagonist whatever the fuck um, and that basically stops you from storing fat we have added in a something that is a stimulant in the form of caffeine which i just used an espresso shot and the final one in the mix was something called acetyl l carnitine now you can use acetyl uh, sorry carnitine l tartrate but i just use the acetyl version acetyl l carnitine from bulk powders uh, i had it in powdered form and i'd have one to two grams so what does carnitine do well carnitine uh, provides your body with a supplement called carnitine acetyltransferase that is a, a protein amino acid but basically a carrier protein which helps you get free fatty acids across the mitochondrial border into the cell which then goes into them which fatty acid molecule goes into the Krebs cycle and you burn it for energy um, apologies to anyone who actually knows anything about biochemistry in case I fucked any of that up so basically it's a carrier so if you had say you've got a huge wall and you're trying to get over it you and you have to climb up um, the wall in different uh, you know and then you have to jump over so that's pretty tricky it's a really really high wall um, carnitine uh, acetyltransferase is like a little bloke at the top who throws you a rope down here climb up the rope oh this is a lot easier and then he gives you a slide on the on the other side so it's basically helping you get over something or transfer something through that's the best analogy you could think of on the top of my head so it's some it's something that it, um, promotes the transfer of um, fatty acids to a membrane and then gets used for energy which is what we want so those three acetyl, acetyl l carnitine yohimbin and um, caffeine that in in uh, in conjunction with intermittent fasting is a very potent fat loss mechanism this and i must must stress people is only something suitable for trained individuals if you do not train if you do not weight train if you do not have a good diet and you go and buy all these supplements and intermittent fast 
you're a fucking idiot. I'm telling you that. You shouldn't be doing this. It's not for you. What I've described is something that you use a bullet in a gun, an advanced stage for an advanced athlete in body composition or bodybuilding. And it's definitely not for everyone, which is my next point. But general population, absolutely not, unless their dietitian or experienced personal trainer has said, right, you're in a position where this is actually applicable to you. And I'd still be wary of it. Why have I told you? Well, I'm just being honest. It's what it's, it's science. It's what I used. And it is an effective mechanism that goes in conduction with intermittent fasting. So let's have a recap before I go into psychology, which is massive in intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting is not a fat loss tool. Calorie deficit is. However, it can have beneficial effects on health by use of autophagy, which is a breakdown of cells, which means that you can then which kind of clears out all the shit in your body, uh, cancerous cells, free radicals, gets them out of the system and clearance. It also gives you digestive system rest, which is very re- recommendable just because we absolutely fucking pound it on a daily basis with shit food and high levels of meat. So going into psychology, I talk a lot about in my podcast, the Christian Thibodeau neurotyping um, seminar because it's very good. Um, I don't mind saying though, that it's very theoretical and um, there's XYZ which is which still needs a little bit of work not from Christian's point of view because I think it's fantastic I think what he's doing is brilliant for the industry and it is genuinely changing the industry with the way he tells you to uh, structure people's diets and training but 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 he was talking about specific types and I'm not going to uh, give away any of his work whoa what the fuck are you doing dickhead um, I'm not going to give away any of his work but basically um some people are suited to intermittent fasting, some people aren't. Some characteristic traits uh, are more beneficial, uh, more suited to it, some aren't, blah, blah, blah. Um, this is to do with hormone, uh, sorry, not hormone, neurotransmitter production. Is it? I'm going to have to not disagree on him because uh, I, I, I'm not uh, knocking his work, but I think it's a little bit vague to say you produce dopamine, so you're better for this, this, and this. I think that personality traits needs a lot more work and it's probably more to do with brain anatomy and not neurotransmitter production. Neurotransmitter production can be massively affected by diet. So for example, if someone was on a, um, had very good digestion and was on a high red meat diet and someone was on like a high carb diet, um, they would generally have uh, different levels of dopamine and GABA. And it doesn't matter what, what type of, I personally don't believe what type of personality type you are. If your diet is different in those um, kind of like constituents, you're gonna have a different feelings because your neurotransmitter level productions are different. Anyway, but um, yeah, personality types, I think massively comes into it. And just being blunt, and I don't think this is sexist, is that you, um, you know, using intermittent fasting with females is very, 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 very risky unless you have uh, trust with the client, the female client, or they have a personality type where it suits them, which again will be another point. Um, but yeah, you have to be very, very careful in how you um, use fasting with people because you do not want them to associate um, the fasting mechanism or the fasting principles with results so then they think that fasting is the only way that you lose fat i will say it again it is a calorie deficit not intermittent fasting that will help you lose fat in fact if you do intermittent fasting wrong you've got a high chance of binge eating because you're starving and then you think fuck i'm eating in 12 16 hours let's have a fucking dominoes which is going to do nothing but give you um, digestive stress and also going to put you in a calorie surplus so it can build improper food um, relationships with food which is obviously a uh, 
negative impact. We do not want that. You have to assess somebody's relationship. Fucking cat suicide. Um, you have to assess somebody's relationship with food before you can even begin to look at intermittent fasting as a um, as a tool. So you've really, really got to think. Right, not this person's, you know, X, Y, Z, um, body composition wise, you've got to look at this person has these, these, and these traits, which makes it really, um, which make it, um, sorry, I'm just reversing, don't mind me. Yeah, so basically, if somebody is very, very overweight, you could think, well, right, well, the theory and the science behind it, they've got a lot of fat to burn. So if I get them to intermittent fast, they're going to have periods of, of um, they're going to have, they stay um, a lot of fat in stores, so therefore fasting is just going to accelerate this. And oh yeah, you know if they've got, if they're really overweight, they're also going to have you know maybe a higher potential risk of developing cancer. Therefore, the autophagy will help work out the cancer cells. Eh, that is wrong. Okay, so the reason why that is wrong is someone who's very very overweight, they're also more likely or very very high likely to have an adrenal insufficiency. Um, if they don't have a proper adrenal insufficiency or they're a bit adrenal resistant, quote unquote, that's a little bit of a, uh, I don't like adrenal fatigue, I think it's a bullshit term, but they might have um, you know, uh, some hormonal problems. It means that actually doing something that requires the home um, adrenal state, so very, uh, fun- adrenals functioning very, very well, such as intermittent fasting for fat loss, is a wrong idea. Also, if you say, right, you need to fast for 16 hours, they have a psychological relationship with food. Their gut bacteria has developed um pathological species which is telling their brain give us sugar because we will reward you with neurotransmitters that make you feel good that is a fact so therefore if you starve in the food you're going to also starve the bacteria in their gut the bacteria is going to get really annoyed and say no you need to give us more food in the form of uh, sugars um sugar sweets and trans fats and we will reward you with a shit ton of dopamine so then what you're doing there is that the person is going to um they might do a 16 hour fast they might get the hunger pains they are more likely to binge eat as soon as they can open their fast um more than anything so it's if you somebody has poor it's, it's coming from a high level of body fat intermittent fasting is categorically not a place to start you need to look at getting them in a slight deficit and working on the deficit but again that's down to the individual so you really 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 got to, got to take into consideration people's psychological state now this works in conjunction with people who i've worked with before which is that of corporates corporates are very type a personality people and what that basically means is that they uh, want things done they need the very efficient very kind of aggressive high um, you know high i want to say like sex drive aggression whether fire types if you're into tcm and all that shit um they're actually very very well suited for intimate fasting because it's convenient now i've used this with a client um who is basically they do their own version of intermittent fasting because they might be in a meeting from nine o'clock till three o'clock where they don't even have a coffee or water so their body is kind of used to going periods without food so what you can do is that if some if somebody has a lot of things to think about like meetings and business and numbers and constantly being here here and here if you give them um, if you if you give them something that uh, takeaways a variable they don't have to worry about anymore, i.e., food, that's advantageous for them. So there are certain people who will gravitate towards pers- um, uh, intermittent fasting because it is convenient. But you'll figure that out yourself. So, for example, if someone's completely rushed, they've got a ridiculous commute, they've got to get into work, then they've got to get the train or here, here, and here. You might look at it and go, you know what? Rather than rushing a digestion, rather than um, 
impairing digestion through um, you know having an egg or having some eggs and then running out of the house putting yourself into sympathetic sympathetic nervous state so basically not rest and digest but fight and flight that means the food's just going to sit in the digestive tract not be absorbed properly and it's just going to lead to digestive um, problems rather than doing that it's just easier to say right just don't eat um, you know, have yourself loads of water, have yourself a coffee, get yourself to the office. And then once you know you're going to have lunchtime, book out an hour for lunch, calm yourself down, smell your food first, experience the, um, you know, the whole process of going for a meal, make yourself feel hungry. You should be salivating over your food, then eat and then chill the fuck out and, you know, and give yourself time to uh, not, um, uh, not be stressed anymore. So, I will summarise because, what I on, have I done 36 minutes of me chatting shit? Excellent. I'm parked up now anyway, I've got home, that actually flew by, I actually like doing this, I might do this more often. Um, right, in a nutshell, let's do five things I learned about the Chris Knott podcast and intermittent fasting, summarised. One, intermittent fasting is not a fat loss tool, it is, um, the calorie deficit is a fat loss tool. Intermittent in fasting in conjunction with a fa- um, in in bleh. intermittent fasting in conjunction with a calorie deficit may accentuate the effects of fat loss, but only by a small percentage. If I was talking percentage, maybe one, uh, sorry, maybe ten to twenty percent. That is com- that is not scientific. That is my opinion. So, for example, if you were to lose one pound of fat from being a calorie deficit, you may lose one point one to one point two pounds of fat by using intermittent fasting. Again, not science. It's just experience. Number two. Intermittent fasting can be used by people with more muscle mass as a way of giving the digestive um, tract a rest when they are having high levels of food such as red meat or high levels of sugars um, such as your post-workout, whatever the food happens to be. So it's good to give yourself a um, a digestive tract tract a rest due to the high volume of food that you're putting through it. So just think of the leg session analogy. Number three... Um, by using intermittent fasting in conjunction with uh, high levels of hydration, um, yohimbi, uh, yohimbin in the forms of anywhere between 10 to 15 to sometimes 17.5 milligrams, um, depending on your body weight, um, in a fasted state, preferably in the morning while cortisol will naturally be high. Um, with uh, caffeine is as sufficient as a espresso with acetyl l-carnitine you are uh, in the form of one to maybe two milligrams you are in theory putting yourself well scientifically and hormonally and anecdotally putting yourself in a more advantageous environment for lipolysis which is fat loss number was that number three or number four i don't know that's number four um Number four, something I actually haven't touched on, but I would like to say is there is, and this is again, this is anecdotal, I couldn't explain the science, there is something as what you'd experience by fasting burnout. Now, one thing I know is that if I got to two or three o'clock without eating, um, I would go very, very, very hot and red. My face would be extremely flustered, um, it'd be very, very red, and my midsection would go quite watery. I believe this might be something to do with an overproduction of cortisol and you go from feeling absolutely fucking shredded in the morning to feeling like a fat bloated mess um, a few hours later. It's that acute. That did happen to me and I did notice. So that is something to consider. Your fasts don't want to be too long. I only did, I've only done a couple of 24 hour fasts before and you get a real fucking buzz out of it. Um, but 
be careful. I'd say an optimal fast is 16 hours. So if you're going to eat at eight o'clock in the evening, you open your fast at 12 o'clock the next day at lunch. Number five, and the final point is what do you open your fast with? Which is something I really should have covered in more depth, but it's something I just remembered now. You, I would recommend uh, opening with moderate amounts of fats and high levels of protein because if you're pro if you've gone a, a series of time without protein protein is the one thing that you want to maintain muscle mass but you also need it for liver de- detoxification you'll need it need, uh, you'll need it for cognition and a small amount of fat so what i would i would do is use something like you know anything you really want really chicken white fish salmon um with you know maybe avocado a few oils and then um and then lots of green veg loads of green veg to help uh, to get fiber going and and um, just make yourself healthy because obviously green health for veg green veg for health sorry i got distracted then um is very very important right so that is solo outing number three i've got no idea what episode this will be i hope you've enjoyed it i hope i haven't waffled on too much um but if you um really enjoyed it feel free to hit me up slide into my dms if you found it useful i always reply um i should do um, if you got any feedback from this whether you thought it was too waffly whether you thought it was useful whether you thought it was utter shite i don't know i, I don't mind hearing i love all the feedback that you can provide um anyway um more episodes coming soon and i shall speak to you all later Bye bye